Good morning, Southview. We are so glad to have you worshiping with us today. Happy 4th of July weekend to you all. Here are your big three announcements for this week. Men, if you haven't yet done so, please sign up for this year's men's retreat happening September 29th through October 1st. The cost is $175 per adult male and $110 for youth. Pastor Brad will be giving some more information about this in just a few moments. In the meantime, please text the word retreat to 910-424-1298 to sign up. Next up, please join us in praying for our youth ministry as they have a busy summer of travel coming up. From Red Springs, North Carolina, to Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, to Normandy, France, our youth will be traveling all over the world. Our prayer for them is simple, that God would use these experiences to mold them and conform them more to His image and that he would send them out as more effective witnesses and laborers for the kingdom of God. Thirdly, please mark your calendars for Wednesday, July 5th, as there will be no on-campus activities due to the 4th of July holiday. We encourage everyone to download the Southview Baptist Church app through either iTunes or Google Play. Through the app, you'll be able to view other announcements, sign up for events, find a journey group, review past sermons, or look up the notes for today's sermon. There are also multiple ways to give here at Southview. You can give online, through the app, or at the giving boxes located near the doors as you exit the sanctuary. If you're a guest with us today, we are so glad you're here worshiping with us. We would love to connect with you. You can help us accomplish this by simply texting the word CONNECT to 910-424-1298. This is how we can get to know who you are, pray for you, and find out if there are any specific ways in which we might minister to you. Thank you all for worshiping with us today. We pray God's blessings for you during this service. All right, well, good morning, church. Happy Independence Weekend. I'm excited to be here. Are you excited to join us as we praise our living God? Say yes, yes, stand with me. Let, stand with us, let's worship, let me pray over us. God, we thank you that we have been freed in Christ. For those that believe there is no condemnation, there is no sin that entrenches us so much that we can't simply turn away as we look towards the saving grace of our Savior. And Father, as much as we love this country and we thank you for the freedoms that you give us every day, Father, there are nothing compared to the freedoms in Christ. So let us sing, let us celebrate, let us desire you let us crave fellowship with you above all things. In Christ's name we pray. Let's sing.
Above them all. 
separating the breach was far too wide but from the far side of the castle you had me in your sight so you
You may be seated, church. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for the power that comes through the cross. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are made free and new and empowered by your glorious and amazing life given to us. Thank you, Jesus. I pray today as we just dive into your word, Lord God, that we would just see fresh and clear and powerful, Lord God, who you are and what it means to be in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning to you guys. Uh, if you are a guest with us today, welcome. My name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview, and it's so good to have you with us worshiping today. Once again, happy Fourth of July weekend to you. You are the few, the proud, the brave that stayed in town. You can actually get stuff done, right? And actually get down Skybo in, you know, not an hour and a half. It's fantastic. Um, hey, if you've got a Bible, let's find Romans chapter 8 together. Romans chapter 8. We're just going to do verse 1 today. Romans 8 verse 1. One, if you are a guest with us, because it's one verse does not mean it's going to be short. It just means it's going to be one verse. So we're in a series this summer we're calling I Love That Verse. All right? I love that verse. And the idea behind the series is just... You know, we as a church, we believe that all the Bible is given to us by God. We believe that it is true, that all Scripture is inspired by God, given to us by God, and is useful and profitable to teach us and rebuke us and correct us and train us in righteousness so that the men and, men and women of God can be thoroughly and completely equipped for every good work God has for us. The Bible tells us that's what the Bible is and what the Bible does. And also, if you've been reading the Bible for long, you know what it's like to be reading Scripture and to have a verse just come flying off the page, right? You know what it's like to just go, oh man, I love that verse. Verses that just speak to your soul. Verses that are foundational and bedrock for your Christian faith. Verses that when you really receive them and believe them and live them, changes everything. So that's what we're doing over the summer. Um, we're just taking some time to just look at some verses that are just really cool and powerful and foundational for the Christian life. And just, man, man I love that. I love that verse. So today, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And we're going to look at this idea of condemnation. Condemnation. So let's read Romans 8, 1 together. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So here's the thing about this verse. Um, it's pretty easy to understand and self-explanatory. Right? I mean, just the words are what the words are. There is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. For those of us who are believers in Christ, Christians, there's no condemnation on us. Um, the word condemnation means a, a, a sentence, a judgment of damnation, right? Just, just say the word slowly. You can get condemnation. That's where the old English kind of eventually morphed into, right? So this idea that, that final and complete and total judgment on you has been wiped out because you're a Christian. Like in our heads, we understand that. That's a basic foundational truth of the Christian faith. What I'm going to submit today to you is this. While we may be able to wrap our heads around that, we live as if we don't wrap our hearts around that. And I say that because from personal experience. So I am 45 years old. 
Um, I've been walking with Jesus for decades. uh, And I would say I spent a huge portion of my Christian life, even though I'm forgiven, even though I'm made right, even though I'm whole, even though I'm righteous, I spent a huge part of my Christian life feeling completely condemned. Because I just couldn't get it right. Right, and I'd, I'd have a week where I'd go, okay, okay, this week, God, this week, I'm going to read my Bible every day. This week, I'm going to pray every day. This week, I'm not going to do that sin. This week, I'm going to be different. I'm going to do it, God. And then when I didn't do it, when I failed, when I eventually did sin, I just felt condemnation and weight and judgment. I disappointed God. God's mad at me. God's frustrated with me. God's just waiting for me to get it together. He's up in heaven, kind of tapping his foot, going, if you could stop being an idiot, that would be awesome. I just felt the weight of condemnation constantly. And a lot of my Christian life was about me trying to do things so I didn't feel condemned. And the days where I woke up on time and I had my quiet time and, and I did this and I didn't do that, I'd, I'd, I'd feel excited. God, ah, yes, I'd feel good, right? I'd feel God. I'd feel forgiven. I'd feel like a Christian. But the next day when I didn't do it, I felt condemned and judged and heavy. And then by God's grace, the truth of Romans 8.1 became alive in my heart. And I'm going to tell you right now, this verse changed my life. Changed my life. Not that I lived differently. It's weird. It's not that I lived differently after I grasped this verse. I felt different about it. Like When I really grabbed this verse, track with me, I started enjoying being a Christian. Can we be honest for a quick second? I know we're in church and this is nowhere to be honest, but let's give it a shot. A lot of people are Christians. You're sitting in this room right now. And you're a Christian. Like a legitimate, you trust by faith in Jesus, you're going to heaven, like you're a Christian. But you don't really enjoy being a Christian. It's about doing the right thing and not doing the wrong thing. And you feel bad when you do the wrong thing. And it's just this constant kind of rat race cycle. I want today, by God's grace, for Romans 8, 1, the truth of this verse to really set you free. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So in, in order for us to really grab the weight of Romans 8, 1, we've got to back up into chapter 7. All right. So if you have a Bible, go in reverse. To Romans 7, verse 21. We'll throw it up on the screen if you don't have a Bible. But I want us to get a running start. In order for you to really see the power of Romans 8, 1, you got to see what leads in to Romans 8, 1. So here we go. Romans chapter 7, verse 21. This is the Apostle Paul writing this. Listen to what he says. Romans chapter 7, verse 21. So I find it to be a law. What's a law? An immutable, unchanging, this is the rule, it's the fact, this is, here it is. I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Anybody? Like, is it just me? Anybody? What I love about the Bible is it's nothing if it's not honest. Right? The Bible does not paint this 
Pollyannish picture of Christianity. It was like, well, if you love Jesus, you just wouldn't do that. Romans 7, 1, it's like, so here's what I find. A law like gravity. Here's what I found. Like, I want to do right. And then even though I want to do right, evil is just like hanging right here going, hey, what's up? Like, it's always close at hand. 22. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. This is talking about people who love Jesus. Right? They delight in the law of God. Like, if you delight, if you take pleasure, if you're like, you know what I love? God's law. I mean, this is someone who is truly, honestly wanting to live holy and live righteous and obey God and walk in purity. They love, they delight, they treasure the laws of God. They love the fact that God tells them what to do. Right? They want it. Verse 23, but I see in my members, in my body, in the way that I live, the things that I do, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. He's like, there's like this war fighting inside of me. Like I want to do right and I keep doing wrong. Like I want to do right and I keep doing wrong. And then you see this sort of this outburst of emotion in verse 24. Look at this. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Anybody ever prayed that prayer? Anybody? You ever just like, you want God so bad, but you feel like you just keep face planting all the stinking time. And you're just, just with Bible open and tears on your cheeks. You cry out to God. I just feel wretched sometimes. Like I just want to get set free from this. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Can you, can you sense that in him? Like he wants this. But sometimes he just feels like he's trapped in it. Wretched man that I am. Wretched man that I am. Who can set me free from this body of death? You know what I love? He didn't stop writing in verse 24. Verse 25. Thanks be to God that through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So, as you read through the book of Romans, here's what's happening. Romans chapter 5 and 6 are laying out the fact that you are, if you trust by faith in Jesus, completely and totally, 100%, righteous, holy, pure, clean, set apart from sin, child of God, sanctified, just completely spotless, white as snow. That's Romans 5 and 6, right? You are absolutely, 100%, totally and completely righteous. And then chapter 7 comes in and says, but here's the thing. Even though you are righteous, can can we chat for a second? You don't always live that way. So it's true of you. It doesn't change the fact that it's true. It is 100% absolute bedrock fact 
true of you. This is your identity. You are holy, righteous, pure, clean in Christ. And you don't always live like that. So what do we do? How do you solve the tension? How how do you take steps forward in this, living out the reality of who you are? And the Apostle Paul tells us in verse 25 there, you look to Jesus. You look to Jesus. And what do we find to be true in Jesus? That's where you get to chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. A massive key. So, so there are a lot of things, and we're going to cover a bunch over this summer. This, uh, you, you are not going to want to just think, well, it's summertime, we're not going to go. Like, this summer is going to be massive, right? Because, again, as we go through this series, I love that verse. We're going to be unpacking verses that are life-changing for your walk with Christ. So if you're missing out, I know you're going to, you're going to be on vacation, you're going to do all that stuff, grab the podcast, all right? So a lot of things. But one of the things I want to unpack today for us is this. One of the keys, one of the huge building blocks to you actually experiencing the abundant life of Christ. Because often it's this, like we're saved, but we don't really experience the full, complete, abundant, joy-filled life of Christ. That makes sense? Like this is true of us, but we don't live it. We don't feel it. We don't experience it. It's, it's not our our reality of, of what is manifested in our lives. How do you connect those dots? How do you make what's true of you your experience? A key of that we're going to see today is you having settled in your heart totally and completely that there is zero condemnation on you in Christ. Here's why this is huge. So you're in a spiritual battle. Right? You're in a war. Ephesians 6 uses very war-type language to describe the Christian life. And here's a real scheme of Satan. This is hugely important. Satan cannot stop you from being forgiven by God. He cannot stop that from happening. Satan cannot stop you from being forgiven by God. So what he seeks to do is stop you from experiencing the joy of being forgiven by God. Does that make sense? He can't stop God from forgiving you. Can't do that. Right? That is out of his control. He can't stop God from forgiving you. So what he tries to do is manipulate and trick and deceive and work so that you don't ever get to experience the joy of being forgiven by God. It's your reality. It's your truth. It is who you are. You're going to experience eternity with Christ in heaven because he's forgiven you. But you spend the rest of your life on earth not really enjoying the fruits of that. Because Satan has deceived you and tricked you into feeling condemnation that's been taken off of you. So let's unpack this verse. All right. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right. So let's look at a couple of key phrases. First is no condemnation. All right. So. What does that mean? So, again, the word condemnation means a, 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 a damnatory judgment sentence, right? Um, we consider ultimately hell, right? The wrath of God 
right? God's anger, God's wrath, God's fury, right? There's no condemnation. Let's talk about for a second what it doesn't say. It does not say, therefore, there is now less condemnation. Right? That's kind of how a lot of us live life, right? Like, well, I know that I'm forgiven. I know I'm going to go to heaven. We feel like there's less condemnation. But we don't experience the full joy of no condemnation. We feel like our relationship with God is better now that we're Christians. But we don't understand it's not that your relationship is better. Your relationship is new. God's relationship with you is totally different. It's not that there's less condemnation. There's no condemnation. Also, it doesn't say here that there's no accusation. There are tons of accusations thrown against you. Satan is described as the accuser of the brethren. He's going to spend every second of every day firing every accusatory dart he can at you. It doesn't say there's no accusation. There are tons of accusations thrown your way. You're not this, you're that, you'll never be this, you'll always be that. If the people in this room knew what you were really struggling with, if the people in this room knew what your house was really like, they wouldn't want you here. Their whole mindset about you would change. Right? Accusation, 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 accusation. Those things are flying at you constantly. It doesn't say there are no accusations against you in Christ Jesus. But those accusations that are thrown against you, Satan take, uh, Jesus takes them and crushes them. They carry no weight. They carry no authority. And they fall flat because Jesus has taken away the condemnation. It also doesn't say uh, that you don't deserve condemnation. Can we be honest? You do. So do I. Every one of us has done things that deserves condemning. But Jesus in his grace takes all of that away. And how does it take it away? There is therefore now no condemnation for those of us who were in Christ Jesus. Again, I want you to circle, if you can, that little prepositional phrase, in Christ Jesus. Um, the Bible uses a lot of big words to describe salvation. Right, justification and redemption and propitiation and, and, and sacrifice and atonement, right? All these big words. And, there are, and those are fantastic. I love those. In fact, we probably need to do a series. We just call it the Big Word Series. We just explain all the big words. They're great. But my favorite way that the Bible describes salvation is just with a very simple two letters in English. It's going to be three letters in Greek. In. 73 times in the New Testament, the Bible describes Christianity as being in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. It describes this mystical and spiritual union that comes together. That is fact and reality. You are in Jesus Jesus is in you by his spirit. You are in Jesus by faith in him. There is this perfect, unbelievable, mysterious, but real union that takes place. And because you're in Christ Jesus, all the condemnation is wiped away. And listen, understanding, linking those two little phrases together, no condemnation in Christ Jesus, that's important. Because if you separate those two, that's where you get messed up, all right? 
By saying no condemnation, it does not mean that there's no judgment and no wrath on sin. That is a lie. Every sin you've ever committed will experience the full and complete wrath of God. Every sin, everyone, I know we like to categorize, and this is a big one, that's not a big one, and that's the big deal, that's not a big deal. It's not the way God views it. Every sin you and I have ever committed, every sinner who has ever breathed air will experience God's wrath. God forgiving you doesn't mean that he takes your sin and sweeps it under the rug and gives you a little wink and goes, hey, listen, don't worry about it. Hey, forgiven. Forget it. No, there is wrath and judgment and condemnation. The difference is this. If you're in Christ Jesus, all the wrath and judgment and condemnation that is rightfully deserved for you gets poured onto Jesus on the cross. So now as a result of that, he takes on your sin and you now get to take on his righteousness. Everything that's true of him in righteousness now becomes true of you in righteousness. You now are in Christ and as a result of being in Christ, everything is different. Let me, let me try to explain it. So, um, Haddon, can I borrow you for a second? People often ask, what's it like being a pastor's kid? All right, stand up there for me. So, imagine if I took this water gun and right here, I just shot Haddon. What would happen to him? Yeah, the questions just get harder from here, guys. I'm not trying to trick you, I promise. If I just shot Haddon, what would happen to him? He'd get wet. Right? Let's just find out. Let's just see. So, the reason he would get wet is because he's out here alone, exposed, nothing to defend him, nothing to protect him, nothing to hide behind It's just him and the water gun. And because he's out here by himself, every ounce of water I shoot at him, he's going to have to soak up and take every single drop of it. There's nothing to shield him or protect him. He has to take every single drop. However, though, Haddon, If Haddon hides in the box and I decide I want to shoot him, I can't get to him. Right? He's, he's in the box. I'm, I'm trying to shoot him. I'm trying to get him wet. I'm unloading every ounce of water I can at him. But because he is in the box, he is totally protected. Now, Haddon is not dry because... There's something special in him. Haddon is not dry because he is a, mona- a, a master water dodger, right? He's not going matrix. The only thing that keeps Haddon dry is that he is in the box. And because he's in, nothing can touch him. Haddon, 
Thank you. Take a bow. Have a seat. Thank you. Everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. This little phrase in, and again, I love it so much. In fact, as we go through the series this summer, we're going to do several in Christ verses. And what you're going to see as we go through this is this. In Christ Jesus, you're totally set free from sin. And to that you go, well, I mean, I don't, I don't feel set free from sin. I don't, I don't always live set free from sin. It's not what I said. In Christ Jesus, the reality is you are set free from sin. We're going to see that in Christ Jesus, you are perfectly and completely loved by God. I mean, I don't, I don't feel loved by God. It's not what I said. The fact, the reality is, in Christ Jesus, you are perfectly loved by God. What I want you to see in the power of this verse, Romans 8, 1, is in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is no condemnation on you. It's gone. It's finished. It's done. It's all been taken away from you. It's all been absorbed and soaked up by Jesus. He has absorbed every ounce of condemnation that rightfully deserved to hit you. He's taken every single drop of it. And when that reality gets lodged into your heart and becomes the foundation for your life, that changes everything. Changes the way you view God. For a lot of you, we view God as judgmental, nitpicky, fault-finding, right? He's the, so we were, over the weekend, we went, or last week, we uh, traveled for a a funeral, we're on the way home, and I drove through a little town called Norwood, North Carolina. Um, I don't know if you know where Norwood is, Um, don't blink. So, we're driving through Norwood, the big big metropolis, and um, as I'm coming over a hill, I, uh, like, so, so I'm, you're driving and kind of the way it works is you're kind of, it's a big stretch, right? You go over a hill and you crest the hill. As soon as I crest the hill, who do I see snugly hiding and waiting for me at the bottom of that hill? One of Norwood's finest, man. Just right there. And as soon as I crest the hill, I told Marie, dear gummit, he's got me. And sure enough, you know what I saw? Lit up like a Christmas tree. Boo! Awesome! Right? <laughs> He let me go. He actually turned the lights off, you know, kind of rolled down the window and just went, like, you're amazing. I love you, right? You're awesome. You're great. I love, nope, Norwood, the police and all were awesome, right? I'm a fan. Sometimes we think of God kind of like that. He's just hiding, waiting for you to mess up and get you. Oh, I got you this time. We view God as condemning. We view God as judgmental. We view God as picky. We view God as critical. Analyzing everything you do right and wrong. But when we see and realize that there's no condemnation on us because of Christ Jesus, 
we see and realize that every ounce of condemnation on us, every ounce of judgment has been soaked up in Jesus. Our view of God changes. He's not judgmental. He's gracious. And a lot of times what happens is this. So um, as I do counseling with, with people, especially if they come in and they have false views, false ideas of God, we'll kind of do some chatting, and, and, and I'll, I'll ask about kind of their views of God. And I try to get past the Sunday school answer and what they really in their heart feel about God. And if they view God as judgmental and criticizing and, and all, I, I'll start kind of asking questions about childhood. You know what's inevitable? Oftentimes, not always, Sometimes weird things happen. But usually if I talk to someone who views God as judgmental and harsh and condemning and critiquing, what they're really doing is remembering their dad. Dads, I hate to be the bearer of perhaps bad news. How we treat our kids greatly impacts how they view God. I mean, we call God Father, right? And so how we treat our kids can impact that. And so for you, if you had a, a dad where, man, you, you worked your tail off and you brought home a report card with five A's and a B, and the first thing he says is, if you worked a little harder, could have had straight A's. If that's the immediate response, that thing gets lodged into your soul and you start to view God like that. Yeah, if you work a little harder, you could have actually been good at this whole Christianity thing. But when we understand that all of, all of the condemnation and judgment that was rightly deserved for us was soaked up in Jesus, and now that I'm in Jesus, none of that is on me, it changes the way I view God now. As a result of that, it changes the way I view sin and, and, and respond to sin. Right? If, if God is judging and harsh and I sin, what do I want to do? Run and hide. Right? Think about our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden. They sin, they eat the fruit. God comes looking for them. What's the first thing they do? Hide. How dumb is that? Like, if you're going to play hide and seek against someone, don't pick God. Right? Playing hide and seek with God is like your two-year-old playing hide and seek. Right? They just stand in the middle of the floor and close their eyes and think, if I can't see you, you can't see me. Why do we run from God? Why is it that when you sin, you want to run, you want to hide, you want to deflect, you want to pretend like it didn't happen, you want to minimize? Why do you do that? I'll tell you the reason. Because at the end of the day, you don't believe Romans 8.1. If you believe that there is genuinely no condemnation in Christ, when you sin, you'd run to Him for grace, not away from Him in fear. You'd run to Him because you know that He loves you, and He's going to forgive you, and He wants to restore you. The reason that you run away from Him, the reason you deflect and defend and minimize, is because you are afraid of His judgment. Now, in Christ. Jesus has received the judgment. That's not on you anymore. It's not on you anymore. We, we, when we understand that there's no condemnation on us in Christ, we can agree with Satan. 
It sounds weird, but think about it. Jesus will say in the Gospels that if your enemy brings an accusation against you, you need to agree with him and settle that quickly before it goes to court. And it's kind of an illustration of us and our sin. When you really believe that there's no condemnation on you in Christ, when you really believe that all that's been soaked up in Jesus, when you really believe that, you know what happens? Satan comes to you and says, you know what? There's lust in your heart. You know what you do? If you, if you don't believe Romans 8.1 and you think God is still looking to judge you, you know what you do? You're like, no, no, there's not. No, 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 there's no lust in my heart. Mm-mm, that's not there. I don't know what you're talking about. But when you believe that Romans 8.1 is true, when you believe that all the condemnation and judgment has been soaked up in Jesus, and Satan comes to you and says, there's lust in your heart, you know what you do now? You're right! There is! Jesus, I need you! Help me! I want to be set free from this! God, I run to you for grace. It changes everything. You agree with your accuser quickly, and you run to God for grace. Yeah. Yeah, I got lust in my heart. But I know that Jesus set me free from and I don't want that anymore. So Jesus, help me. And when you understand that there's no judgment, there's no condemnation, changes the way you view sin. Changes the, the way that you view your past. How many of us are stuck in the past because of I did that thing and, and I talk to people all the time. That, sh- that they're wrestling with, should I get plugged into church and should I serve in this ministry? Man, I, like, I really, like I, I, I really messed up in my past. Like, I, I, you know, I, I, I used to struggle with this issue. I used to really struggle with that. I, my, my first marriage just crashed and burned. I was young and sinful and stupid, and the whole thing just blew up. I just... I, I'm not, I'm not qualified to, to do anything. I just, I just want to sit over here. Well, are you in Christ? Yeah. What, do you believe that there's now no condemnation on you in Christ? Yeah. Well, then why are you still living in judgment? Why are you still living as if there's this cloud of judgment over you? You're set free. Now, now I will say this parenthetically. That doesn't mean that there are no consequences. Right? Romans 8, 1 does not say, therefore there is now no consequences for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, right? We talked about that. You can't knock over the gas station next door and then when the police try to arrest you, be like, uh-uh, no condemnation on me in Christ Jesus. I got a verse. Like, mm, that's great. Yeah, and you're going to Really be able to preach that in your prison ministry, right? It's awesome. However, when we realize that there's no condemnation on us, when we do sin, when we do bite it, man, when we crash and burn, what we can do is now go running to God. Because I know I'm in Jesus. And there's no condemnation on me because of that. Changes the way we view other people, right? Because if they're in Christ and God's not having any condemnation on them, who are you to condemn now, right? Who are you to look at someone and go, well, you're this and you're that. You'll never be this and you'll always be that. God's not doing that. Changes the way we view marriage. Oh my goodness. 
couple sits down and they're talking. What are they doing? They're just condemn, 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 condemn. It's like, wow, Satan's really attacking us. Nope, Satan's not. Like, you guys got it covered all by yourself, right? And Satan's like, awesome, I'm going to go somewhere else. You guys got it? You good? All right. You're accusing each other constantly. There's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We're set free from that. Because we're set free, we get to live different. Do you understand that? Not just in your head, do you know that verse, and if you've heard that verse, and okay, I get that. But is it settled in your heart that because you're in Christ Jesus, there's zero condemnation on you? Zero. So that when you sin, you get to handle that sin differently. And when you walk with God, you get to walk with God differently. And when you view God, you get to view God differently. And when you look at the people around you, you get to look at them differently. Changes the way we handle criticism and critiques, right? So if someone criticizes you and you respond in defensiveness, why do you do that? Because you feel the need to protect yourself. Protect yourself from judgment. Protect yourself from accusation. Protect yourself from condemnation. Right? We respond in defensiveness when we're questioned or pushed in on or critiqued because we don't get Romans 8.1. When this is true in your heart and settled, it changes everything. So now, when someone brings an accusation, when someone brings a critique, when someone brings a criticism, I get to respond differently now. If it's totally false and made up and dumb and stupid, okay. Hey, listen, I, I get to trust the Lord. If there's truth to it, if there's truth to it, and the critique is right, I now get to receive that and take that and make myself better and not be crushed, not be destroyed, not be flattened, not stay awake for nights thinking about it. No, I get to not do that. Why? Here's why. You ready? Because the most important thing about me is not that you don't condemn me. It's that God doesn't condemn me. Does that make sense? That'll change your life. The reason that you freak out when people think things about you and try hard to make sure people think well of you and, and, and lose your mind if someone doesn't think well of you is because you think the most important thing is that they don't condemn you. Nope. The most important thing is that God isn't because you're in Christ. You're in Christ. And that changes everything. So let's think about it this real quick also. If there's therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, let's do the reverse. This is very important. You ready? If there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, what that also must mean is this. There is full condemnation on those of us who are not. And I need you to hear this. I mentioned earlier about our sin and how God's forgiveness doesn't just wipe that away and make it no big deal. Here's the truth. You ready? Every single sin that's ever been committed, every rebellion against God, every wayward action, attitude, thoughts, everything, sins of of, of, of commission, doing things you should not do, sins of omission, not doing things that you should have done, every sin that you've ever committed, 
is going to experience the full and complete condemning, damning, judgmental, fiery wrath of God. Every one of them. Every one. The question is this. There are two options. Option A is you take the full wrath and condemnation of God on your own head in hell for all of eternity. You take it. You take the full and complete and total condemning wrath of God on yourself forever. It's option A. Option B is you trust by faith in Jesus. You see that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. And in dying on the cross, what Jesus was doing was absorbing in himself, taking on himself the full and complete condemning wrath of God. You can either take it on yourself or you can trust Jesus to take it for you. Those are the only two options. What have you chosen? Have you trusted by faith in the death of Jesus Christ for your sins to take on the full wrath of God that was rightly deserved for you? If you have not done that, I encourage you, I implore you, I beg you today, do it. Right now, today, say, Jesus Christ, I know that you died in my place for my sin cross, taking on the full, complete and total wrath of God and then you rose again to new life thank you Take forgive me of my sin take the punishment of God for me, I give my life to you, I'm yours I want to encourage you today right here, right where you are right now do that, right now pray that, Jesus Christ Take my sin, take my punishment, take it all, it's yours. I live my life for you. And if you are today a follower of Jesus Christ, can I ask you a question? Do you live, live every day as if Romans 8 1 really is true? It really is true. When the enemy comes and attacks and assails, when sin rises up in your own body, when you feel that tension of Romans 7, I want to do this, but I keep doing that. I don't know what to do. Do you fall back on the truth of Romans 8.1? I have no condemnation on me. God is not angry with me. God is not judging me. God is not disappointed with me. He is fully pleased with me because of Jesus Christ. And because of that is true, I'm running to Him. I'm running after Him. I need Him. I want Him. Even though this body betrays me and sin keeps creeping up on me, I'm going to keep running to God because I know in Jesus, I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm forgiven. There's no condemnation on me. Is that your reality? Is that your life? Making that understanding, making that switch, having the truth be settled in your heart. I'm telling you now, that is a game changer. That is a game changer. Today, call out to the Lord. Let this be true in you. Let it change you forever.
Jesus, we just, we need you. God, we need you so desperately. I ask you, Lord God, today that, Holy Spirit, you will just keep doing your work, stirring in us, drawing us in. Let us see how glorious and amazing and beautiful salvation is, how life-changing it is, and that we are truly, totally set free from all condemnation because we're in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We need you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. We're going to worship together. As we sing, I want you to sing. For believers in Christ today, I want you to sing with a full, excited, joy-filled heart because the enemy can't touch you. You are hidden and secure in Jesus Christ. And if that's not true of you, today, crawl into the safe arms of Jesus. See that he died for your sin to take on your punishment so that you can be a child of God and they knew in him. Let's worship together. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate, church. Come on.
no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I pray that we would simply trust and believe. I pray that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to live that life freed in Christ for the sole purpose of bringing your name glory and honor. God, may you be made much of in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Happy 4th.